Well, if you have your Bible and you want to, uh, you want to turn with me somewhere, you could just go to, uh, go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and we'll be there in a little while. But this morning, we're going to conclude our series called Next. And, uh, you know, uh, um, this morning, the, you know, I feel just this, um, I just feel this, this passion about just teaching this lesson today, uh, because I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's an overview. It's a, it's a, it's a bird's eye view of Christianity that if you, if you understand it and you get it, it can really help you out spiritually. And, uh, you know, whenever we went to Israel in May, uh, we were in, in, in Jerusalem and, and we went to this, uh, to this museum and they had a model of, of Jerusalem and, and it showed all the different, you know, David's, the city of David and the temple and different things. And you got a bird's eye view and you could see how it all fit together. And I believe that, uh, you know, uh, this message in a sense is kind of like fitting Christianity together, giving us the bird's eye view. Amen. Now we know from the scripture that the scripture tells us that the Lord has, uh, has miraculously, marvelously planned uh, a life of blessing for us. You know, the Lord didn't die on the cross to make our life miserable. The Bible says that he died on the cross to help us, right? And, and to cause our life to get better. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, no eye has seen nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And he's got a great plan for his game. You know, uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to his power that works in us, God has God, uh, given us great potential in life. And there's more to life. There's, there's a greater blessing for us. Lord, we can, we can tap into another level of living if we want to. How many of you want to? And in John chapter 10, in verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have a rich and a satisfying life. Come on, how many of you want that kind of life? Amen. But the question is, how do we get there? What's that next step that I need to take to live that kind of life that God uh, paid such a high price for? And that's the question we've been trying to answer in this series. What's next for me? How do I tap into that abundant, satisfying, rich, blessed, prosperous, gracious, fulfilled life that the Bible talks about? How do we get there? And I believe there's four critical steps to getting there. And uh, the reason why we need to talk about that is because I believe the reality is that, that you know, there are many ch- good church-going people that go to church every day and they hear these scriptures and they hear what the Bible says and they, they hear the pastor stand up there and, and rail about God is good and God wants to bless you and God wants to prosper you. But the reality is they sit in the pew and they're not living a happy life. They're not living a satisfied life. They're not living an overcoming life. They feel depressed. They feel discouraged. They feel like a victim. They feel like they can't ever get out of the rut they are. And that's why we need to talk about this today. Amen. Now there's four critical steps, I believe, to getting out of Egypt and getting into the promised land. And the first one is knowing God. You got to know God. It all starts with knowing God. And it's not just good enough. Why do we talk about this? Because it's not just good enough to go to church. And listen, if, if I were Satan, I would be okay with you going to church as long as you don't get this. That you got to tap into the vine. That you need a personal relationship with the Lord. The Bible says that we're all born spiritually dead. You Whenever you talk to people and say, how long have you been knowing the Lord? Oh, since I'm a baby. Well, no, that's not true. The Bible says we're born in sin. 
And we're spiritually dead. And you're not, you, you're not just born knowing God because your mama was a Christian. Everybody needs to be born again. They need to have a spiritual birth. And that's why we need to talk about you need to know God. And when you know God, you get connected to God. And Jesus said in John 15, 5, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you tap into the vine, how do you live an overcoming life? You got to tap into the vine. You got to get the life of God in you. Come on, are y'all with me out there? So listen, it's okay. The enemy's okay. Devil, the devil's fine if you just come sit on a pew. He says, go sit on the pew all you want. Sit on the pew till you make a hole in it. Just don't give your life to Christ. Because if you give your life to Christ, I'm done. My power is broken off your life. Amen. So the first step to coming out of Egypt and getting into the promised land is you got to know God. Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. amen. And by the way, you can never live an abundant life, a satisfying life, until you know God. That's why there's people that have, they have more money than they could ever spend in a lifetime. They have more popularity. They, they, they have, they have reached the, the uh, apex of success, but then they're, 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 they're not happy. They're, they're, they're miserable. They're depressed. They're discouraged because you can only have satisfying life when you tap into the Lord. Amen. And so that's why our number one goal as a church is that everybody don't just come to church, but they know God. But number two, for as a church, it's our job to make sure that we do all we can to help others know God. Amen? The second critical step is you got to live free. And so listen, you can't truly live a satisfying life as long as you're wrapped up in, in, in spiritual strongholds and bondages. And, and, and the reality is that we're all messed up. We're crackpots. Amen? And we need the Lord to fix us. Come on. How many of you know that? See, if you don't believe that, you, that's your crack right there. Amen. And so listen, you know, I, I heard a testimony of a last when this past Wednesday night, I was talking to a lady and, I, and she's been coming to church. She came to church years ago and she went through a lot of adversity and tribulation and, and ended up just in a bad place. And she's been coming back to church and, and I've been seeing her around and just talking to her. And I said, you know, how you doing? How you doing spiritually? How's life coming along? And she said, man, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm stuck spiritually. It's like I want to go forward with God. I want, I, I know there's more. I know there's, there's greater life. There's greater freedom, but I, I feel like I'm up against a wall and I feel like I can't move forward. I'm reading my Bible. I'm coming to church, but I can't move forward. And I believe that represents a lot of people in church. It's like they, 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 they said yes to the Lord and they become a Christian, but yet they're stuck. And so sometimes, you know, we're stuck because we have generational curses and strongholds. The Bible says that our forefathers will mess up our life and we facing things spiritually. And because our forefathers were messed up and did the wrong thing, now we're struggling and we're saying, man, I want God. I want the things of God. Why is it so hard for me? Why am I not living in victory? And sometimes it's because we need a breakthrough in our life. 1 Peter 1.18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed or bought out, purchased by perishable things like silver or gold from the feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. The Bible says that we were, we were, we were, uh, 
purchased, we bought from the feudal way of life. What is the feudal way of life? It's that empty, it's the, it's the profitless life. And so without realizing that some of us are being held back and we're being held into this, into this profitless life, this empty life. And, and we can't ever like, how come I can't, you know, sense the presence of God in the fire of God like other people? I, I'm stuck. Sometimes it's because we got spiritual curses and strongholds that are holding us back. But the good news is that Jesus came to break the power of ungodly and spiritual curses off our life. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so listen, you know, we, sometimes we need to remember that it's not just spiritual chains that hold us back. Sometimes it's mental it's middle strongholds or, or mindsets. How many of you know a, a wrong mindset can keep you in Egypt even though you don't have to live there? You know, it's like, it's like we were in prison and the Lord unlocked the prison doors and said, go free. And, but in mentally, we're still living in prison because we haven't got the revelation that we don't have to live there anymore. Amen. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, I use God's mighty weapons, those that, not those made by men, but to knock down the devil's strongholds. A stronghold is a mindset. And so some people, you know, they, they're not in Egypt. They don't have to live in Egypt, but they're not living in the promised land. They're not living the abundant life because they bought into a lie, feeling like they're not worthy of God's blessing. They, they don't, they don't earn God's, uh, I'm not good enough for God's blessing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as good as other people are. Uh, I'm not charismatic or I'm not gifted. Come on, that's a lie from hell. Come on, if you're, if you're here today, I want you to know that the Lord wants to set you free. And man, it's amazing how the Lord can just reveal one lie that you believe. And you can be set free. You can be set free to get out of the wilderness and go to the promised land. You know, sometimes we're held back by emotional, emotional hurts and wounds. You know, and sometimes through the things that we went through, you know, the, the, you know, folks that have been abused whenever they were young and they, or have experienced, uh, you know, emotional trauma and they've been betrayed and they've been rejected. It'll hold you back. You could come to church and desire to want, to desire to want more of God, but yet there's something on the inside of you that's blocking the way. And, and the Bible says in Isaiah 61 and 1 concerning the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to deliver good news to the humble people. He has sent me to listen, heal those who are brokenhearted and to announce that captives will be set free and prisoners will be released. Brokenhearted and wounded people usually struggle with living spiritually free. That's why we need to talk about this. It's hard to live a, an abundant, rich, satisfying, happy, joyful life when you're brokenhearted, when you're overcome with grief and sorrow, when you're depressed, when you're angry and bitter. Are y'all with me out there? And so listen, the Lord says, listen, it's not just good enough that you know God. You got to be free. And the Lord is, says, I was anointed to set you free. 
Amen. And that's what he says in the uh, same passage in a different translation. In Luke 4 in the New Testament, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free. Come on, I want to be free. What about you? So it's not just good enough to know God. We've got to be free. We've got to be free. We, and listen, all of us need a greater level of freedom. None of us have arrived, but we're all at different places. And so listen, if I could just encourage you today, those of you that know God, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Pursue your freedom. Pursue liberty. Because one breakthrough for you could mean the difference between you living a humdrum, a humdrum, dragging, depressed kind of life to a life that is just filled with the joy and the excitement of the Lord. Amen. And listen, I want to encourage you. I know Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to live a humdrum, dragging, depressed, discouraged kind of life. The Lord Jesus died on the cross so we can live a rich, a satisfying, and overcoming and a victorious kind of life. Come on, are you with me out there? And it doesn't matter which side of the tracks you were raised on or what's your last name or your skin color or your body type. Come on, it does not matter. Jesus died to set the people of God free. Amen. So don't give up. Keep pursuing your freedom. Amen. Amen. That's why we're doing the Freedom Weekend on October 20th and 21st. It's not because we don't have nothing to do. This would be one of the hardest spiritual weekends of the staff's life. But we understand something. It's not just good enough to know God. You're going you're gonna to hang out around Egypt. You need to get free so you can live in the promised land. Amen? So listen, I'm telling you, clear your calendar. Make it a priority and come out to the Freedom Weekend. Go to the lobby. Sign up. Go to your app. You know, Go online and just sign up. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me out there? And listen, I'm so, I feel so passionate about this. It's $15, okay? If you don't have $15, I'll pay your way. I'll pay your way to come because I don't want you to not come because of money, a money question or a money problem. It's too, it's too important. It's too important. Amen. Come on, live free. Live free. Jesus died to said, I was anointed, he said. To bring freedom to the captive. Amen. And you know what the weekend retreat is all about? You know, say, what is that, Todd? Are y'all going to like, like, you know, do exorcisms or something? No, no, we're not going to do that. But you know what? You know what? Basically, you know, there are certain things that most people struggle with that help or hold them back. And so one by one, we're going to deal with these different topics. Six topics, one on Friday night, five on, on Saturday. And we're going to hit these topics and we're going to teach the topic and then we're going to pray together and we're going to ask God to break that thing off of us. Amen. And it's amazing what happens because it starts, you know, it's like a church service, you know, it's okay. But man, by the end of the day, Saturday, there's a liberty and a freedom in there that Ray Charles can see. Amen. Come on. There's, there's a liberty in this. Come on. There's a liberty in the spirit, gang. Come on. There's a liberty in the spirit. You don't have to live with your head down with a pouty face, with a boot lip, you can live with the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, Jesus died so you can live with the joy of the Lord. Amen. 
And I want to encourage you. The third critical step we need to live an abundant life and, and fulfilled life is you got to find purpose. And, and, you know, you'll never live a fulfilled life until you find out God's purpose for your life. And so, you know, what, what is that? What is, it's discovering why God puts you on this planet. That's what it is. It's just finding out, Lord, what, what did you put me here for? In, in, in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 4, it says this, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. For his own purpose. God made you with a purpose. God created you, put you on a planet with a specific plan. And you got to know that. The only way you're going to live a satisfying life. That's why some people come to church and they're not happy. Because they think it's going to church. Hey, can I share something with you? I'm glad you're at church today. But it's more than going to church, gang. Listen, the devils can go to church. But they ain't going to enjoy the presence of God till they surrender to him, right? But listen, there's, there's more to it. There's a purpose. Have you ever wondered why, ever wondered what God's purpose is for your life? Like, God, what, what, what am I here for? See, some people can't answer that question. Or they answer that question with, well, you know, my purpose is, you know, I, I got to go to work. Well, yeah, you should go to work. Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You got to work. But come on, how many of you know God's purpose is greater than just going to work and making a paycheck? It's greater than that, right? You know, the purpose of God is anything we do in service to God or for other people. And the Bible says that in Ephesians 2.10, it explains what our purpose is. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance for us to do good works. So listen, God has a purpose. He's got a plan. What is it? To do good works. What is good works? Serving God and serving others. So I don't like that, Todd. Well, you won't live a fulfilled life until you like that. Until you accept that, amen? Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. How many of you are glad he chose you? And listen, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a candidate. I mean, I don't know why he chose me. He had some better options. Come on, how many of you, how many of you feel that way? It's like, not, not, Lord, you got some better options out there, right? But I'm so grateful he chose me. And he chose you. And it says that I chose you before you were born and I set you apart for a special work. God placed you on this planet. Listen, he placed you on a planet with a special assignment that nobody else has. It's yours. And listen, in God's kingdom, you have a special place. You have a purpose, a role, a function to fulfill. And so you got to embrace that. And this is what gives us significance and value. And so the enemy will try to make you think that you have no value, you have no worth, and that you're inferior to the rest of the planet. But that's from hell. That's a lie from hell. God put you on this planet, and he's got a purpose, he's got a plan for your life, and he wants to use you in his kingdom. Amen? You know, there was a survey that was done that said that two-thirds of the American population are unhappy. 
They were unhappy. And, I, you know, I thought about this and I wonder what, what percentage of people that go to church on Sunday are unhappy. And, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that go to church and they're unhappy. Listen, has God lost his ability to, to change people's lives? Has he lost his, his power? Can he no longer do any miracles or transform lives? No, it's not God's problem. It's ours. And I think primarily the reason why so many people are living unhappy lives is because they're living, they're not living for God's purpose. They're living for their own purpose and their own selfishness. You see, and this is why we need to talk about it. Four critical steps to living the abundant life. And listen, if you hear me today, if you listen to what I'm saying, the first step to living a rich and satisfying life, number one is you got to know God and know him intimately and personally. But number two, you got to live free. You got to get spiritual things broken off your life. But number three, you have to find your purpose. You got to figure out why God has you here. And never forget this, you never live an abundant life as long as you're living for your own purpose. As long as you're living to please you, to do what you want to do. And you know, listen, you could be Christian, you can give your life to Christ, but still doing your own thing. Come on, if there's anything you hear today, listen to what I'm saying. And I want you to know that the motivation of me saying this is because I love you. And I don't want you to live depressed. I don't want you to live in the enemy's camp, getting beat up by the enemy. I want you to live in the promised land. Amen. And you're not going to live there until you give it all to him and say, Lord, I want to do what you put me here for. Come on, are y'all with me out there? If you're with me, say amen. amen. So how do you find out what God's purpose is? You can begin by just, if you haven't been yet, get into the growth track and learn about your gifts and how God wired you. And that's a good place to start. Amen. The fourth and final critical step we need to live an abundant life is this, is to make a difference. Start using your life to make a difference. How many of you know God created us to be world changers, to make a difference? It's not just to occupy space. Amen? And so, you know, some people have not bought, bought into that idea yet. And so they say, well, man, I'm not a world changer. Look at me. And see, there's the problem. We're looking at us instead of looking at him. Amen? Hey, listen, it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. Christ is the one that changes lives. And as you let Christ live in you, you can change lives. You can make a difference. Amen? And so how do we make a difference? There's three keys, and I'm going to give you these keys, and then we're going to go home. The first key is this. Accept your assignment. Accept your assignment. The Bible is clear that God has called Christians to change the world. This is how he said it. He said, by the way, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, listen, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It preserves. It changes things. When salt comes into an environment, it changes the environment. You are the salt of the earth. And then he said, you are the light of the world. What does light do? It changes its environment. It, chain, it, it, it breaks darkness and it brings light. 
And he said, you are light of the world. In Acts chapter 1, he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The message is clear. God wants his power in every person's life to make a difference in this world. Amen. Come on, how many of you know God wants to use you to make a difference? Now, even as I say this, it's like, I feel like it's like I'm talking Greek. Because I think we've bought into the lie that we're a nobody, that we're, we, we don't have any potential. And again, it's because we're looking at ourselves. It's like Moses, Lord, I don't know how to talk. I, I, how am I going to talk? What, well, how am I going to tell people what you want? I don't even know how to talk. And the Lord said, man, didn't I create tongues and mouths and all that stuff? Can't I take your mouth and say in it, through it, what I want to say and make the message clear? Come on, how many of you know, if the Lord can use a donkey, I qualify. Come on, if the Lord can use a donkey, I qualify. What about you? That brings great hope to me. Amen. And so first you got to accept your assignment. The Lord loves, listen, he loves taking ordinary people and using them to do extraordinary things. You know, whenever you think about that little boy and he heard Jesus was there and he had his little lunch and he went to, he was probably in the back of the crowd letting all the adults do what they needed to do. And Jesus said, hey, want y'all, hey guys, why don't y'all feed this crowd? And the little boy had his lunch. He said, well, he ain't got nothing. This little boy got a little bit of lunch. He got a, a tuna salad sandwich right here. And the Lord used that tuna salad sandwich. Just That's my translation. But it's a picture of how God can use anything, nothing, and make it incredible. And so the Lord wants to use you, but you got to accept the assignment. He wants you to make a difference. He wants you to make a difference. And listen, I maybe can't change Lafayette, but I can maybe change a few people in Lafayette. Amen? Listen, you, you can't maybe change Lafayette, but you might be able to change somebody in Lafayette. You might be able to help somebody in Lafayette. And so if you touch somebody in Lafayette, and I touch somebody in Lafayette, and you touch somebody in Lafayette, and you touch somebody in Lafayette, and we all start touching people in Lafayette, Lafayette can be different. Amen? And if Lafayette is different, then maybe the whole state can be different. And if the state can be different, then maybe the whole nation can be different. Oh, no, 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 Todd. There's no way. Well, don't we serve a good God, a great God, a mighty God, an all-powerful God? Amen. And so come on, accept the assignment that God wants to use you to make a difference. The second way, the key to making a difference is actively pursuing opportunities to serve others. Say, Todd, how can I change people's lives? Learn how to serve others. In, in 1 Peter 4, listen to what it says. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Did, did you catch what he said? He says, listen, hey, everybody, if you want to make a difference, this is how you do it. We make a difference when we serve those around us. 
So you know what that does? It puts it, it puts the ability to make a difference in everybody's lap. If I had to play a guitar real good to make a difference, I might be done. If I had to sing like an angel on key and on note, I might be done. And you said, amen, brother, amen. But you know what? Thank God I don't have to play guitar to make a difference. Thank God I don't have to sing like an angel to make a difference. I can just serve. And so can you. You know, the Bible says that this is how we change the world. The Bible says that we are saved to serve. We are called into the kingdom to serve. And the Bible also says that we're commanded to, to serve. And in fact, Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, he said, listen, your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. What is he saying? Listen, if you want to make a difference, all you have to do is deal with your selfishness and your self-centeredness and start serving people, and you can make a difference. Come on. How many of you say, well, man, I could do that. I could do that. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, you need to learn how to serve. What is serving? Let me, let me, let me pitch it to you this way. It's doing something to help others without expecting any compensation or personal credit for your service. You see, listen, some people serve, but they got an ulterior motive. It's their agenda. They're serving and it looks, it looks wholesome, but they're only serving because of what they might get from it. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. So it's not just doing stuff for others. It's doing it for the purpose of God's glory. Amen. And not expecting anything in return. Not a pat on the back, not acknowledgement, anything like that. Amen. And listen, by the way, for, for Christian service is not optional. It's not optional. It's the heart of the Christian life. Jesus said, I came to serve. And that should be our heart, is to serve. And you know what I noticed over the years? We've been in growth track for, for you know, a long time. And I've noticed that there's always people excited about learning how to do, learning about their spiritual gifts. I want to learn what my spiritual gift is. And they, they can't wait to get in a growth track and learn their spiritual gift. But after they learn their spiritual gift, okay, thank you for that. And then they want to just come right back here and sit on the pew. You know why? It's because they haven't overcome their selfishness. Now listen, I know this is tight, but it's right. And the reason I'm telling you this is I don't want you to live in Egypt, depressed, discouraged, and, and unfulfilled. I want you to live in the promised land where you don't have to get up. You don't have to, you don't have to talk yourself up in getting out of bed in the morning. You just bounce out of bed and say, well, I'm looking forward to what this day has. Amen. And if you're going to get to where you, you live that kind of life where you're happy, you know, if I asked you right now, how many of you are happy? How many of you fulfilled? How many of you enjoying life? See, if you can't say, man, I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy life. I, I'm glad to be on the planet. If you're not there, come on, let's take some steps. Come on, let's, come on, let's get out of Egypt. Let's come on over there to promised land. Amen. One of the steps that you got to take is you got to, you got to find your purpose. You got to make a difference. How do you make a difference? You learn to serve others. Amen. 
helping people. The greatest of all needs is serving people. And the Bible says it's the greatest way to make a difference. So there's a lot of people stuck right here. They're stuck right here because they haven't been able to overcome. You know, I was talking to, to, one of, to somebody this past week. And, you know, my dad just passed away in July. And, um, you know, as we took care of him in the last months and year of his life, you know, I had to serve at a level that I never had to serve before. And it was very brutal on my flesh. It was very hard. It was things I never wanted to do. And I didn't enjoy doing them. But you know what? On the other side of that, I felt a greater fulfillment. I, I felt a greater satisfaction in life than I ever felt before. And I think I know why. It's because the Lord helped kill me to a different level than I'd ever been killed before. Amen. Come on. And the more he kills me, the more he can live. And the more he lives, the more joy I have. Amen. I must decrease so he can increase. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, it, it's, it's the way. We need to grasp this truth. Ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction in life comes from being served, not from being served by others, but by serving others. Amen. You know, they did a behavioral study of human needs and they found that the creator created us with certain common human needs like, you know, the deepest needs of being like air and water. How many of you feel like you need that? We have a need for safety, for security and protection. We have emotional needs like feeling belonging and being loved. We have esteem needs to feel appreciated and valued. And, and we're all basically motivated in life in trying to get these needs filled in our life. But they figure out for a long time, they, they stopped there, but then they figured out that the greatest of all needs is actually what is called transcendence needs, which means it's the need to look beyond our own needs and meet the needs of others around us. You know what they're finding out? The happiest people on the planet are not selfish and self-centered. They're people that have learned to lay down their life and to serve humanity and mankind. And they're making a difference in their life. Amen. Come on. If you, even if it, if it pinches you, say amen. amen. The ultimate satisfaction. And Jesus confirms that whenever he says, in Mark 8.35, he said, if you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. See, ultimate satisfaction comes from not being served, but from serving others. And so basically, Jesus brings us into his kingdom and he's got to deal with this, this human nature of ours that at, 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 the, at the core, I'm selfish. And you're selfish, right? You're like, I want that big piece. Why you gave me that small piece? I want the big piece. Come on, I want first dibs. You have second dibs. I want first dibs, right? And that's just human nature, right? And, and you notice you don't even have to teach, teach kids that. You know, they're, they're barely crawling and they're like, give me that toy. That's the toy I want. And that's human nature. 
And so we come into the kingdom and the Lord's like working with us. He's working with us to help us to learn how to put the needs of others in front of our needs. You know, it was just amazing. And if you, if you would allow me to just mention, coming out of Vegas, there was evil done, but there was so much good. And the stories of these heroic deeds, these people putting their life, using their own body as a shield to protect others. There's something in us that wants to make a difference. And when we make a difference to help other people, listen, our world is full of hate, full of anger, bitterness, and, and, and just all that junk. It's a perfect time for the church to rise up and be the church that God has called it to be. Amen. And be a light like a city on a hill and make a difference in this world that we live in. Amen. Come on, I believe God wants to use you. He wants you to make a difference. Amen. And I believe he's going to help us. So how do you tap into a life of serving? Well, again, if you haven't gotten in the growth track, sign up today. Every Sunday after the second service, we have growth track. Jump in and you can learn more about it. But number two, begin serving people around you. Just start in your family. Like it doesn't matter you, the husband, the wife, the child. You can serve right? You could serve. Just start there. Serve. Serve your, your, your co, co-workers. Encourage you to join a serve team here at the church and serve the body of Christ. Start a small group and just begin to worry about other people and how they're doing spiritually. And, and then, you know, Just start reaching out to people around you. That's all you got to do, right? And there's something that happens, gang. Whenever you start making a difference in other people's lives, something happens to you. And I think, you know, part of why there's a lot of people that come to church that are not happy is because we, this is, this is where we fall down. It's like, you know, Jesus said, you got to take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. In other words, you got to get on the cross and die. You got to die to yourself. But if you die to yourself, then you're truly going to live. Amen. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, you know, listen, you don't have to be a pastor or a missionary or work at a church or be, or to, to begin serving and finding your purpose. You know, sometimes even as pastors, we make it look like, you know, whenever you find your purpose, you're going to be in full-time ministry. No. No. Listen, if you're a housewife, you have a purpose. Come on, if you're a father or mother, you have a purpose. Come on, how many of you know there's great purpose in raising up children that are loved and cared for and have a stable family and stable life so when they become an adult, they can be a good, responsible adult in our society. Amen? But, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Miss, Miss uh, Jeannie. She comes up here before it's daylight, and she's in the flower beds. And she's pulling weeds out of the flower beds, planting flowers on the campus. I said, Miss Jeannie, why are you doing that? How much are they paying you? Oh, they're not paying me. Well, why in the world would you do that? Go somewhere where you can make some income. No, this is my ministry. This is my purpose. You see, you can't, you can't take them weeds out of Miss Jeannie's hand. 
She busts you upside the head. You better leave them weeds alone. Amen. But you know what, Miss Jeannie tapped into something. You know what, I like doing flower beds, and I can do it down there at the church. And when people come to church on Sunday morning, and they see the flower beds, that might be the difference in them just serving the Lord or not. I'm going to do what, I'm, what I can do for the glory of God. Amen? I'm thinking about Miss Gloria. She was here at the first service. Miss Gloria's been working in the nursery for 99 years. In fact, she, she rocked Olivia whenever Olivia was in the nursery. And she's still in the nursery. And you don't see her at all the services. In fact, most of them she's not. She's over there changing poopy diapers. You get the smell? Huh? You get the smell, what I'm talking about? But you know, they say, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. But you know what? Miss Gloria's happy as you can find them. She ain't waking up all boudade with a boudade lip and a long face like a Missouri mule eating sawbriar on a frosty morning. She's happy. She's joyful. She's full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. And she just loves up on those babies. And she's tapped into her purpose. I'm so glad. I love Miss Gloria. Amen. But, you know, I could go on. Dean Huvald, David Smith, Jeremy Romero, those other guys. Every Wednesday night, they out there, they just with these little guys, that they, they just helping them, mentor them, loving on them, teaching them how to get along in the outdoors and just mentoring men to be great men of God. Come on. They, you, they don't, they don't, you probably don't even know who they are, but they're not looking for a pat on the back from you. They're doing what they feel God has called them to do, and they're making a difference right where they are. Come Come on, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. Come on. We can make a difference. Amen. Amen. You know, I love this. You know, uh, you know, I, I could go on. Amanda Grange, you know, she had a heart for feeding the homeless. Yesterday, there was a bunch of folks out there. They were stirring some pots, cooking a meal. Some folks came meet them. They put the food in these little uh, styrofoam plates, and they put it in a van, and they went downtown, and they just began to feed the homeless people. Some people would say, well, they're probably homeless because they're not being responsible, and look, they're not there to judge or be critical or, or be God. They're just there to do what they feel like they want to do. They want to help the homeless people to make sure they don't go to bed hungry last night. Amen. But what can you do? What could you do? You don't have to feed the homeless to make a difference. God wants to use you right where you are. Listen, it's not what you do. It's why you do it. It's not what you do. It's why you do it. See, living a life of service and helping other people and expecting nothing in return is how you make a difference. You know, you've heard me say this before, but, you know, it just used to bug me all the time watching football. And every time the cameras would come on the, the athletes, they'd say, hi, Mom. And i think, ain't got a daddy? Like, couldn't they just throw in, like, hi, Mom and Daddy? And I got to thinking about that a lot. And the conclusion I came to was that moms serve. They're nourishment. They're nourishing. And they serve. And they change poopy diapers. And they wipe snotty nose. And they pick them up off the floor when they skin their knee. They just love them. And they just serve them. And when they're on a national stage and everybody's got their eyes on them, They say, hi, mom. Moms we may never meet, but moms that have made a difference.
You ain't got to know how to sing to make a difference. You ain't got to play an instrument to make a difference. But you do have to overcome selfishness and self-centeredness to make a difference. And if you're willing to do that, lay down your life and begin serving others, you can make a difference. And you know, they figured out the highest need, that which brings the greatest satisfaction in somebody's life, is whenever they begin making a difference in somebody else's life. The happiest people on the planet are the servants. The most miserable people on the planet are those that are not. God said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. This is how you tap into it. So number one is accept your assignment. Number two is look for opportunities to serve others. Number three is live out your purpose with a team. The Bible is clear that every Christian is called by God to make a difference with other people. The Bible says we are his body, his hands, his feet. We're connected together. In, in Exodus 6, he said, I will take you as my own people, not person, people. And there's no greater fulfillment than whenever you do something together as a team. And by the way, we can always do more as a team. Together, everybody can accomplish more. You know, you would think that one person could do this, this much, two people could do this, and then this, like same amount. But no, if you take two people and they work together, they can have actually accomplish three times as more. And then so if you put five and ten people together, they can accomplish what nobody could ever do alone. And so the Lord says, work together. Teamwork makes the dream work. Together you can do more. Together you can shake the world. If my church, if my body will come together and work together, we can make a difference and we can change the planet for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen. Come on, how many of you ready to do that? How many of you willing to do that? Why don't you do me a favor? Let's stand together and let's close in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Come on. He said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love him. Come on. God has more for us. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me? Are y'all with me this morning? Come on, if you have, if, if you have a minute, just, just close your eyes for just a moment. And let's just let this word settle in, in our heart. There's no limit to what God can do in us and through us. How do you get to the abundant life? First step is you got to know God. Not just go to church, know God. It's not just good enough to show up here and think that God is going to give you a favor because you, you took time out of your life just to come in, his, in this building. The enemy would love for you to just sit on the pew and just entertain Christianity, but not surrender to it. But the Lord says, listen, I didn't die on the cross just so you could go to church. I died on the cross so your life could be transformed. I don't know where you are today, but maybe your, your step, your next step is you need to surrender. You need to, you need to know God personally, not just know about God, but know him personally. With your head bowed, with your eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity for anybody in this room that says, Todd, 
I'm ready. I'm ready to live the promised land, the rich, the satisfying life. And I know for me, I need to take that first step. Would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Christ this morning. Would you pray for me before I go? If that's you, would you do me a favor and just lift your hand and just lift it high. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Sir, I see your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand. Anywhere else? Come on. Just, sir, I see. Ma'am, I see your hand. Just lift it high. Just lift it. Hold it up. Just hold it up and say, pray for me, Todd. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Don't be timid about it. Come on, let's go for it this morning. Let's go for it this morning. Now listen, those that have your hands raised, we're going to pray this prayer. Just pray it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to take the step. I'm ready to give my life over to you. Lord, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me of all my sins? I want to live the Christian life, but I need your help. And today, I choose to give my life to you. Thank you, Father, for accepting me into your family today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Now, those of you that prayed that prayer, we want to give you a Bible. If you don't have one, just some stuff to get you started. If you'll just take time to fill that card in the pew that said, I made a decision. We want to know that you prayed that prayer so we can pray for you. And we'll just send you some information telling you about upcoming events. We're not going to harass you. We want to help you. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. And bring it into the, to the desk in the lobby. But let's, let's go to the next step. No God, live free. Come on. How many of you feel like, man, maybe you feel like that lady. Like, I feel like I'm stuck. Maybe there's something holding you back and you just need a breakthrough. Can I just encourage you today? Everybody's busy. You'll have something going on October 20th and 21. But make your spiritual life a priority. Listen, there's always going to be things to do and people to see and all that. I encourage you, if you hadn't planned on it, sign up today. And by the way, if you can't afford it, tell them, Todd's going to pay my way and go sign up today or go on your app, sign up or go on the website and sign up and go to the Freedom Weekend. Amen. We're going to be there and we're going to be ready to see God do some great things. Amen. Come on, live free. Number three, number three, find purpose. Find purpose. Find out why God put you on this planet. If you've never gone, I encourage you, go to the growth track. You can do that in the lobby as well or on your church app or online. Go to the growth track. And then number four, make a difference. Don't be like some that go to the growth track. Oh, I got the gift of discernment. Well, discern somebody that has a need and go serve them and you will make a difference. Amen. Amen. Come on. Discernment ain't going to change anybody's life unless you start using that for the glory of God. Are y'all with me? Come on. How many of you want to live the kind of life Jesus called you to live? So listen, I've done my best to preach this as passionate and as, as, and as hard as I could because I love you. And I don't want anybody to live a humdrum, depressed, discouraged kind of life. Not when Jesus paid such a high price for us to live the abundant life. Amen. And if you're in this room today, you can live that life. God has paid a high price for you to do it. Father, I pray the favor and the grace of God over the people of God today. May you bless them, shower them with your goodness as they go. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.